Hello and welcome back to the HBO Boys. Today we're discussing Ted Lasso, Season 3, Episode 6, entitled Sunflowers, which is a very cool name, and it's a very cool episode as well. I'm so excited that I really liked it. I've been waiting for an episode that I really liked for a very long time, and this one was it. We have Jamie and Roy adventures. They go looking for a windmill. We got Piggy Stardust, which is just a wonderful pun, as well as a wonderful Coach Beard character. Ted Lasso actually does something. That's one of the best parts of the episodes. Ted Lasso does something. <laughs> Don't worry about a thing, because every little thing is going to be all right. right. Thing and no worry. Don't worry about a thing. Every little thing's gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right. What if we went on for 50 minutes? No, (laughs) no. (laughs) Speaking of 50 minutes, this was one of the longest episodes they've ever had. I think it was over. It was over an hour. Yeah, they had like a lot of good stuff. It was, so, it was so good. And, and and this is interesting because last week you were like, I couldn't wait for this episode to end. And it was yeah. under an hour. This one over an hour. You were like, so good. Yes. And it, like the best the episode well. of Ted Lasso in a very long time. It might be the best oh episode gosh. of Ted Lasso ever, in it, my opinion. It, the, that one. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of the one that stands out in front of my or in season one. And I just can't remember what it was, but it yeah, does, you know, there is there one have that been stood a out. lot of good, like a huge plot point. Good ones. Like yeah. the Roy and Keeley uh, relationship. Yes. That had a lot of very oh, good. The episodes. Christmas one, the Christmas mm-hmm. one stood yep. out really big for me. But the best part of this episode was that there were so many storylines. Oh, I loved it. Like, Although, I'll, I'll, I'll say up, this up? before we get into it too much. Are you going to complain? You, you sound like you're about to complain. One small complaint, but it really Ooh. is... is I mean, you could sweep it under the rug, really. I'll sweep was, it. The only complaint I had is I think they leaned too much into the team as mm. a whole, sitting in the lobby, that whole storyline. Sure. I think it could have been shortened a tiny bit, but yeah. it wasn't boring. I just was more interested in the other things. No, yeah, no. I think it just suffered from being the worst storyline in yeah, a very sure. good episode. Yeah. Uh, and as you, you're right, it just kind of went on for a little too long. And I think it also... It could be criticized for sort of unorganically getting to the end of it where mm. they have the pillow fight. Which, I love that, though. Yeah, no, I loved the pillow fight. It was I a nice callback. I the pillow fight. It was really good. Uh, the, the time in which they were deciding whether or not to go to Martin Garrix's party two hours away or a sex party with exhausted people. Uh, <laughs> and, like... I get, I loved the metaphor for the storyline, right? Where they have to sort of learn teamwork. They have to learn how to want to do the same thing. And it sort of parallels the Ted Lasso storyline because uh, as we'll get into, he is sort of making up a new version uh, for this this team specifically of how that they're going to play. And so like, I think it's all that's lining up very nicely, but it did because of how long the episode was and because of how many other storylines there were, they sort of 
had to keep going back to the team maybe one or two times more than they should have sure. because they had to just sort of <laughs> remind us that that storyline was happening. <laughs> that they still existed in the lobby. <laughs> now, granted, we get like uh, Danny Rojas saying that he wants to see a tool of him writing down tulip on a piece of paper. Amazing. Like that's very, yeah. very funny stuff. And but like then they we- could have kept those little one liners right. as the right. only interactions. I didn't need, you know, 10 minutes of them picking two different things like you know what i mean but it, it, yeah it wasn't bad it just was um i don't know like you said the least strong part of the episode keely sort of gets written off for this episode that's fine and, we've had right a lot at the of beginning yeah they just didn't have room for a keely storyline and yep. they had sort of dove in deep last episode uh you know having her have sexual relations with her boss uh, <laughs> and being very happy and sort of uh, exuding a positive energy very happy in what could be a new relationship and so she's off to do that and again i i agree with you that's totally fine yeah yeah uh no, yeah you know i want you to say what you were gonna oh, say oh, wow, thank you <laughs> um, oh dude you're welcome dude one of the storylines i thought was going to be really boring ended up being can i guess yeah was it trent and colin no oh no, no. i you know it was higgins Nope. No. Oh, come but on. See, you're, 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 you are uh, enforcing it a little bit because I um, was curious about those, but the, the one I thought was going to be the most boring was the Rebecca one. Oh, it was the best one. It was so good. It was, it felt so good for her to finally feel like appreciated and cared for. And it was, it wasn't forced. This guy has no idea who she is, has no idea that she's a millionaire and owns a football club. Like it's just a very organic reaction. And it made me, this whole episode was so feel good. Like I almost teared up a few times, man, because like, I love this cast of characters so much and it just this made it love me made me love them more. Yeah, the Rebecca storyline was the engine of the episode. It's what made it work. There was yeah. basically a rom-com, like 25 minutes of a romantic comedy mini episode in the middle of this episode starring Rebecca and <laughs> yeah. uh, starring the stranger. We don't even know his name. Yeah. He's played by a guy named Matteo van der Gin, and mm. he is tall and he is... Uh, uh, pr- uh, he's a uh, a pretty Dutch dude. He's and sexy. He's a sexy guy, <laughs> and uh, there's so many amazing moments from that storyline. When oh, yeah. the the clothing is dry, but they throw the water on it. Oh, it's so good. I'm just like, yes, you go, Rebecca. Yeah, look at what you want, Rebecca. <laughs> yeah. And this is all, by the way, with the backstory. Like the you have the context that she's supposed to either have a child or find a child. Yeah. Oof. And I well, think I think it's. I think it's pretty clear what's going to happen. Uh, it's this stranger. She walked into a room that was pink. So it stands to reason that he has a daughter. And yes. I assume she adopts said daughter when she gets back. They didn't even. Uh, do they give each other their numbers at the end? No. So, okay, so here, here's here's where I don't think that that's going to happen. So he has a daughter, clearly. Uh, she walks into the room, sees all the stuff. And then at the end of the episode, she asks him before she leaves, hey, hey, did we you know, do the thing? And he said, no, we didn't. But then when she left, he said yes, like I, to I, himself. I, I think so. I think what he's talking about when she's talking about is two different things. Okay. She was asking, did we have sex last night? Yes. And he says no to that because they didn't. We see what happens. She falls asleep while he's giving a foot rub and then he goes right. into his room. I think what he is talking about is, did we fall in love last <gasps> night? Oh. And, and he is responding yes to himself. 
love that. I actually love that more. Thank you. No problem. That's what uh, I think it is. Yeah, I know that makes sense too. I, I thought that it, it could come back and like almost bite her in the butt a little bit with being now pregnant with this mystery no, guy no, no, from no, no. Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah, I, saw, I saw this a lot online that people are like, is he saying that they did do it? Like, no, we saw, <laughs> remember what you watched, everybody. We right. saw her fall asleep. And so he's very obviously in love with her. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be a whole thing. And that's yeah. great. I wonder if we'll see him again. Um, it would be, we got do I dare it. say, a shame if we don't see him again. But 100%. But I also get, I get it that if we don't, because Rebecca mm. is in uh, euphoric no. states now at the end of the episode. No, no. It would be a gosh dang disservice to me, a disservice to you, <laughs> and a disservice to this show when I finally get an episode and a storyline that I adore for it yeah. to take it away from me. How dare you even putting that in my brain as a possibility? Is, is I'm enraged. I wonder if the last episode of this season we see Rebecca going back to Amsterdam and like, yep. like you know, meeting up with him again. Or him like walking into a bar and seeing her on the TV and him going- oh to there, like any of those options. Yeah, yeah. I'm so on board. He threw his own phone in. Uh, I know, it was very cute. It reminded oh me of the, the Office episode where Jim cut his own tie. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's. I yeah. mean, to be fair, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. <laughs> and uh, that's fine. By the way, quick shout out, Brandon Hunt slash Coach Beard wrote this episode. Oh, did and, he? Uh, he should write all of them, and I guess. He's so good. He's great at it. I great, also loved um, uh, Roy Kent and Jamie Tart's storyline. So good. Yep. That, was, that felt very organic. They mm-hmm. get on a bike that a, a homeless man apparently steals. They Dude. go looking for a windmill. The fact that Roy didn't know how to ride a bike had me fucking And then he learned. Jamie Tart taught him how Jamie, to ride a bike. Jamie taught him something because he's teaching Jamie something. Yeah. Lovely relationship. Yep. And they have like a great conversation while they're looking for the windmill. Uh, you know, it's uh, Jamie says more about his upbringing and mm. uh, and Roy is he doesn't want to talk about. But what he's mad about is that Keely is now in a relationship. Right. And he does just doesn't know how to feel about that. We haven't seen him in the in the teacher thing in a while. I'm sure that's going to come back soon. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I, I liked their relationship to him. I hope we see more of that. I think I mentioned that in another episode. Uh, is that my thought was that she was going to get back with Jamie and he was going to get with the teacher, but clearly that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, I, I and I also like how, you know, Roy doesn't want to go out on the town, so he makes Jamie, who very much wants to go out of town, yeah. uh, start like exercising immediately. We didn't cover this, but they were in Amsterdam for a friendly match, what which means one that doesn't count, but you still do it. Right. And uh, which made for a great scene with Roy talking to a reporter, just calling this all pretend and him saying it's hard for me to <laughs> pretend to give a shit. And then right. hitting a Zava poster, uh, which said that he was there for one year and it hit, goes to the ground. So it's such a good joke. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I just love their end. But they lost the friendly yeah. zero to five. They, they lost. But somehow, because of everything else we got in this episode, that's so backseat now. Yeah. You know what the winning move was? They they won the 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 win out. was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yep. the win was the friendship that they found along the way. <laughs> yeah, is that right? <laughs> uh-huh. So, the friendship that they, they made okay, along the I'm, way. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, Adam, that, you know, if you really want to, you know, if the, <laughs> the stuff that they won was the friendship <laughs> that they... <laughs> 
found along the and I start crying. That'd be fun. <laughs> well, okay, so uh, there, you know, there was a lot of storylines in this uh, sh- episode, but I really loved the Higgins storyline with oh. the Kit Boy. I can't remember his name. Yeah, cannot they, remember uh, his name. Was his name Will? I'm not sure. Will, yes, in the show, it's it's Will. Yes, I have no idea who plays him. And but Higgins keeps saying he's going to go to the red light district. I, I was know. Like, Does he know what like, that means? Um, what? But what, that dude? whole jazz thing was so good, and how he played with the jazz thing, and like Higgins and the Kit Boy are like such an un like yeah. you don't expect them to be communicating amazing with each other. duo out of nowhere. Oh, it's so good, and then the Trent Krim. Um, no, wait, wait. We, we, we can't leave them yet. So good. Higgins, oh, Higgins getting fucking down on that bass, slapping Yo, the bass, dude. He's slapping that bass, man. Just having the best time. And then Will has a threesome with a couple at the end. Uh, that's right. I forgot about that. So good. <laughs> yeah, mom, I had a threesome. <laughs> yeah, so whatever. Yeah, he tells his mom like he's all yeah. happy. It's so good. Yes, yeah, so let's so get to good. what you were talking about. The Trent Krim and Colin Hughes storyline, which I, I was also nervous. loved. I was nervous I was too. because when Trent approached him, I thought that something was going to happen where he's like in this weird headspace. Like, do I write about this? Do I not? Mm. But like, we find out that Trent has kept this to himself for months now. For we about four months. He yeah. decided not to immediately like it. From this conversation in this episode, it seems as though uh, we were not giving Trent Krim, formerly of The Independent, enough credit. And he Mm -hmm. was never planning on doing it. But to be fair, we didn't have the context that he is gay as well. Mm -hmm. And him and Colin, which, by the way, we talked a little bit about in past episodes that we'd be really disappointed if we didn't see Colin and that storyline come back up. Right. And this was... It was so perfect. Glad. I'm so because, glad it came back. Yes. So we got two answers very quickly. One is Colin's storyline going to be uh, a larger part of this season, which well, it is because it was a whole thing this episode. And two, thank gosh, Trent Crim's a nice boy. I know. I, I'm, and that just, you know, from the very first episode where we see Trent in the um, reporter's room, it like he had a bad taste in his mouth. But when you got that episode where he was following Ted in the day of life of Ted and realizing that he he truly does want to do good. And he writes that only because he has to. He writes the things because he has to. He's a reporter. And when he got, when he left the independent, like that was kind of the like letting go of that shitty personality. And I'm so glad that he's such a bigger part of this season because I really love his character. And then the very final scene with him and Colin on the bus oh, where Colin just touched yeah. his shoulder, bro. That I mean, hit before me. that, Colin had a whole monologue. I I know, bro. And e- the even actor, did. Yeah. Both of them had monologues. He was talking about coming out to his, was his daughter? He was I, his daughter. And I he did it so. twice. And then he was like the second time she finally believed me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, Billy Harris, who plays Colin and James Lance, who plays Trent, both had like many monologues, knocked yeah. them out of the park. So uh, good. A, a, a storyline that they executed with grace and uh, it was just it was another great. I'm just uh, I'm just so excited to like this episode because truly <laughs> I've been I have been having a really hard time with this season. I think the beginning of it, uh, there were a lot of things going wrong. Sure. Just I didn't think they were up to Ted Lasso standards yeah. and to come out like this is just so out of the blue, like kind of dud 
for me specifically, like kind of five duds in a row and then the best episode that they've ever done, in my opinion, just kind of, I don't know, it was crazy. It took me by surprise. It's it's redeeming. And I knew it was going to turn around. I knew it was going to stay that way forever. Um, you know, I think this show has too much weight um, generally for it to continue to be like that. And if we're noticing it, we're not the only people noticing it kind of thing. Right. And uh, I'm so glad it came back. And... I'm excited to see how things pan out next episode when we get back into the swing of being in games again. Ted is kind of back on his horse again. Yes. Let's talk um, about Ted a little bit because as I said at the beginning, one of the main reasons, you know, other than the amazing rom-com that is just in the middle of this episode uh, (laughs) is that Ted Lasso actually has something to do. He has a storyline. Him and Beard get together. Uh, Ted is... Uh, texting Rebecca, but that's not going to work because her phone's at the bottom uh, of a fucking river. Canal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so that's not going to, it's in the river, so that's not going to work. So Ted and Coach Beard uh, decide to drink mushrooms and uh, Coach Beard does it and then Ted allows him to leave, which uh, I hope maybe we'll get a whole Coach Beard episode like we oh. did last season. <laughs> that would about be great. His storyline because obviously something insane happened and so it feels, and that's exactly what they did uh, last time they did this, which was like they showed the, us the end of uh, right. what that Beard episode was going to be and be like, what crazy shit happened to him? <laughs> So we might get one of those. And so Ted is, as always, at least for this season, depressed. And he decides to eventually drink the mushrooms. And he goes out and goes around the town, ends up at an American bar where he is watching uh, a Chicago Bulls game, which he loves because he is from or at least near Chicago. He's a Midwest guy and he's just eating fries. He uh, what's up with the barbecue sauce? It was barbecue sauce from it was. So it's his barbecue. No, it's the barbecue sauce. Yeah, it is a callback. So it's the barbecue sauce from Kansas City that his son gave him in the first care package he got in the first season. Mm. Okay, yeah. so that's great. So I his, assumed it was something favorite. like that. Yep. Yeah, but let's talk about this bar for two seconds. Sure. <laughs> the funniest part is that they're all Howdy, Australian. Partner. Yeah, <laughs> they're all from Texas. Where in the states are you Ted from? Says, when Melbourne. Ted says, "Yeah, I want to go to the Windy City," or "I want to go to Chicago," no, he didn't <laughs> they're know. just like no response. <laughs> Yeah, had no idea I'm, what it was. I don't know. If you said New York City, they'd be like, excuse me, and be like the Big Apple, and they'd be like, okay, oh, right over here. gotcha. <laughs> right on, partner. <laughs> and, and the tower of yeah. freaking onion rings. <laughs> oh, my God. It made me want onion rings pretty badly. Yeah. We are American. And through watching a documentary about the uh, 1990s Chicago Bulls, which I loved this part because, mm. um, you know, 1990s NBA is my deal. I sure. love that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're talking about the coach, Phil Jackson, uh, and his triangle offense, which is what the Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Luke Longley, uh, Steve Look Kerr, et cetera, go. et cetera. Those are the people who are on the Bulls in the night. I've watched uh, <laughs> Space Jam a lot of times. Okay. <laughs> Space Jam. Yeah, but you also watched, you were a big um, fan of that Michael Jordan show. I can't, the documentary oh, show? Yeah. What was the it Michael called? J- uh, uh, the last was it the last something I love the whatever it was the Michael Jordan yeah. documentary uh, that, you know, that we're currently blanking on it was so I loved that was happening during COVID and I right. looked forward to yeah. those episodes so so much you're like Michael Jordan liked to smoke cigars all the time he <laughs> did yeah and I took that personally that came from that <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> and, and I'm huge. This is a little thing about me. I'm huge into the 1992 and 1996 Dream Team. Sort of a, uh, a hobby for me to know everything about them. Anyway, my point is... Phil Jackson using the triangle offense in the 1990s Bulls. Uh, basically, you are in a triangle with th- two other people and you're always moving and you're always taking over like where the triangle, where it was. So you're always moving in that sort of direction. Yeah. And it, uh, Phil Jackson would go on to uh, implement that in the early 2000s Lakers, the Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant Lakers that would also go on to win many a championship. So uh, and Ted thinks, oh, my God, if Phil Jackson can do it and he thinks it's good, then why don't I just do that in soccer, a game that he really doesn't fully understand? He even says that this episode. He's like, this oh, yeah. this game is confounding me. Yeah, <laughs> he still doesn't understand it. And it's been three seasons. <laughs> right. Yeah. A, a complaint that we had, or at least I had for sure at the beginning of the season. One of the main reasons I didn't like it is because Ted Lasso is not very competent at his job. And as I right. previously discussed, competency <laughs> porn uh, the is something that it's like my favorite movies and favorite television shows. It's why The West Wing is good. You can watch a bunch of people be very good at things. It's why Moneyball yeah. is good. Watch a bunch yeah. of people be very good at things, etc., etc. <laughs> so watching a bunch of people be very bad at things is suck, and I hate that. Although there is doing. there is a certain like um, je ne sais quoi, uh, sure of. <laughs> Like people being bad and then getting good at something. Yes. Like the redemption arc. The hero's journey. Yes. What yeah. a story is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, listen, I'm fine with the hero's journey. It's it's the backbone of every story. It's Dan Harmon's story circle. Like that's it, it's it's what stories are. And I can understand. So like, yeah, it's that's a problem. This is a me problem. <laughs> Where I can't watch someone get better at something over time. I'm just so. I need uh, it now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like it to be now, please. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> so he gets back uh, on the bus at the end. He shows it to Coach Beard, a.k.a. Uh, Piggy Stardust. Piggy Stardust. So good. And uh, as a, like, in love, just kind of, like, having, don't worry about a thing, uh, you know, is going on with Rebecca. So she gets on. Uh, Coach Beard says all of this of what I basically just said, but uh, an addendum version to Beard. And Coach Beard was like, did you come up with this yourself? And Ted was like, yeah. And Coach Beer was like, well, no, you didn't, because it's called total football. The Dutch have been doing it for a very long time, and they made it up in the 70s as well. Like, you know, I didn't know about that, so I invented it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that last scene was so good too on the bus where the whole team was singing it. They were just ripping some harmonies in there. I don't know if you heard that. Oh yeah. Higgins. It was so good. Hitting some harmos. Yeah. Yeah. And just, I loved the, the, the tracking shot pulling back and we see the, the couples of the people that we saw during the episode together across the bus. It was just, I, I, I love this episode a lot. I love it a lot. I, I'm going to watch it again. I probably, it was so good. It made me feel really good. Yes, exactly. Like it was, that is the best part about Ted Lasso. It's what, what the best part of like what made you fall in love, especially if you're me, but I would assume the majority of the audience. Mm. So it made you fall in love with the show. Yeah, it was a oh, warm yeah. blanket during it was COVID. so nice and toasty. A time in which everyone was so afraid and you got to watch Ted Lasso and you just felt like, hmm, I'm safe and I'm yeah. watching Ted Lasso. Jason Sudeikis knocked it out of the park with timing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and then as COVID passes, it sort of 
becomes weirder to what like as we become even more jaded than we were two or three years ago because that's yeah it's something that covid did which is it's it was like instantly humbling to certain degrees for every different person but like it made you immediately sort of focus in on oh shit people are dying (laughs) like like, you know life and death like it's that shit some real life like we watched tiger king to escape you remember like oh my god oh my god right i like forgot about that oh yeah Oh yeah, Carol Baskin, baby. It was so bad. <laughs> yes, but it was so good. That's why it was. It was but th- season two was terrible. I don't know yes. if you watched it. It was so no, bad. I, why would I? It was not good. Everybody told me so. I didn't watch it. <laughs> but the point was like it was Tiger King and Ted Lasso, and you watched them both for the same reason. But for like mm, that's not true. Like Tiger King was pure escapism. That's reality oh, yeah. TV escapism, mm-hmm. and it was the one that blew up. Ted Lasso was, as we said, the warm blanket, and then you become jaded and jaded and jaded as you begin to you know stray away from fearing death every new day and you're like well ted lasso isn't the warm blanket that i need anymore i want to see you know heads explode and shit again you you know how you know how everyone wants to see heads explode oh yeah i always do honestly but i i will you know i'm a sucker man i will love this show yes uh, this is the still the warm blanket i still will put on reruns of season one and two uh, of the episodes i like i just really love this universe and i think i said that last episode we did I just love this Ted Lasso universe and the people who are in it and the situations they get themselves in. I love the setting of it, the whole idea of everything that's happening. It's just, it makes me feel so good. Yeah. And also it gives me hope for the team because now they have an idea. There was a Ted Lasso idea, so it can't fail. And like just narratively, (laughs) it can't fail. And you have the emergence of a true star in Jamie Tart. Yes. Who has been doing three workouts a day for six, seven months, a long time. Yeah, and and outrunning Roy Kent now. Yeah, well, Roy has a bad knee. He has a bad knee, but like, you know, I think it was very evident that in this episode, we see Jamie has reached this point where uh, he can just go and go and go and go and go and go. Jamie didn't sleep. No, he did not. He ran or biked all night. Yeah. What kind of cardio do you need <laughs> right? to be able to play a full game of fucking football and, yeah, then, and then just stay run up all forever? Night? Yeah. And he got on the bus fucking chipper? Oh yeah. And singing like oh, what? <laughs> Maybe that's a little unrealistic, but honestly I'm here no, for it. No, dude. He's like he ran a marathon and uh, he just felt fine afterwards. This yeah. dude is in amazing shape and he's about to pop off in the new total football system, baby. So excited. Very excited. excited for next episode. Yeah, me too. I think I, I do. I mean, it's the concern when something is really good, when it's like, oh, no. Now I'm afraid that the next one is going to disappoint Ugh, me. I do I feel that. It's Game of Thrones syndrome, which we've talked about a lot on like over on the Succession podcast, which you can go listen to, by the way, if you want to and you're watching Succession. So, like, uh, I think this will probably go down. And maybe, hey, maybe they have the best finale and uh, of a comedy in a very long time uh, that rivals, like, the Good Place finale. Mm. And that goes down as the best episode of the series. But we have, or at least I have, uh, a new placement for best episode of the series. It's this one. Oh, absolutely. Without have, question. Have you ever watched the Van Gogh scene from Doctor Who? I have not. I was never a Doctor Who fan. 
So me either. I, I don't know the lore. I haven't watched, like, I watched the Christopher Eccleston season, oddly enough. Uh, he plays the bad guy in, in uh, Thor Dark World. Okay. And uh, when I knew he was going to be playing the bad guy, I looked up, like, YouTube clips of that season. I was like, oh, that's that's pretty good. So that was the only season that I watched. So like the most popular seasons, the Matt Smith seasons and the David Tennant seasons. I didn't watch any of that. But during the Matt Smith seasons, because as you know, do you know the Doctor Who changes, Adam? Uh, I know there's like a hundred doctors by now, like minimum. There's a bunch. <laughs> what I would say is this scene in particular, the Van Gogh scene in Doctor Who okay. is a scene that you need to know nothing about Doctor Who other than he's a time traveler mm-hmm. and a spaceman. Yeah. And he has a phone booth that can take him and whoever he puts in it back in time. He's a multidimensional traveler. Sure. Okay. He's Kang, basically, but Kang. good. He's good Kang. Yeah. Less conquering, more quippy dialogue. <laughs> anyway, my point is you don't need to know, like, or even care about Doctor Who. You should still watch the Van Gogh scene from Doctor Who on All YouTube. Right. Again, it reminded me a lot of when Ted Lasso thought he was high on mushrooms because let's all remember that it was a dud batch. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was all placebo. And he is looking at a Van Gogh exhibit and a man next to him, uh, obviously uh, a museum uh, person who is, you know, talking about the history of the paintings around them, Mm. kind of leans into Ted and at the end actually says a funny line where he's like, and by the way, we're closing in three minutes. So if you could, if you could scram, that'd be cool. (laughs) Get the hell out of here. But anyway, go watch that on YouTube after you All finish right. this podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll watch it too. It's a good scene. It makes me have feelings. Okay. Lovely. Yeah. I'm yeah, excited yeah, yeah. for that. Excited yeah. for it. Have some feelings, dude. Have some feelings. Well, I mean, that's all we got for this, I think. I, this episode kind of goes down on its own. Like, speaks I love it. Speaks for itself, It baby. speaks for itself. It's so good. And um, You know what's stupid? Saying something speaks for itself after saying 5,000 words about it? You know what? I didn't think about that. I just wanted to add another quip because of how strongly I feel about it. Yeah, right. Yeah. That, that makes... Um, yeah. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> God, I'm losing it, dude. I think we can do the wrap Be done up now. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do the oh, wrap yeah. up. Okay, Adam, read the patrons now. Wow, wow, that was a great wrap up. Um, Thanks, man. <laughs> Yes, thank you uh, to our patrons, Sunshine, Connor O'Dowd, Jamie Lochner, James Watch My Dong, Chris Wood, Brent Ginn, Craig, John Jewers, Major Woody, and Carol Andreas. Again, thank you very much for your subscriptions. Uh, Please feel free to share and uh, subscribe, and uh, we will continue making great content. Please also head over to our TikTok at D-H-B-O-B-O-I-Z. On TikTok, we post little quips from each episode, a little um kind of spoiler they're, things they're, quip, they're quips they're quippies and uh it's a great place to share and duet and and um share your love of the boys yeah yeah, yeah. patreon.com slash h-b-o-b-o-i-z uh it's a dollar a month you get an extra podcast a week so it's pretty sweet i'm also, excited about it yeah also we're doing succession at the same time uh justin and i an episode uh went up this week for episode four of succession 
Uh, Perry Mason is about to be over. The season finale is next week. If you're not watching Perry Mason, you should. It's really Uh, good. It's Uh, already done. Yeah, it's already done. It's a kind of they they gave them less episodes, which is fine. If they need to have less episodes for that to continue being a show, I'm okay with that. How many episodes is it? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Some amount. Uh, probably it probably started the same week as this, so maybe seven episodes. Okay. And I just finished watching Beef, by the way. My point was that uh, I'm, I'm going to be doing a Perry Mason podcast ver- thingy uh, in the near future, as well as uh, a Severance Season 1 recap. Ooh, and so, Yellow Jackets. And Yellow Jackets, because we got a lot to talk about with that show as well. Yeah, I got to catch up. I got to catch up on that show. Whew, stuff's happening there, dude. I know. I know. I keep I keep seeing. I, I try to avoid so, the spoilers. <laughs> there's some st- weird shit's happening over there, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm excited and to I, talk about it. And I like it. Yeah. <laughs> 